Reverend Nelson. Welcome to the mighty mount. Let the Lord use you. Now stand up on the mountaintop. And preach.
And I heard that the Lord, the everlasting God, the creator. And his understanding, no one can of that of the weak. King the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, thank He increases strength. This is what I'm saying. This is my title, the sermonic presentation. Just turn to somebody around you or near you and say, neighbor, I survived it. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of our God. Let's bow in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that I decrease and you increase inside of me. No me to preach or no me to teach or no me to minister your holy word. We pray that your anointing, your presence will continue to permeate this place. That your word will not fall on deaf ears and will not just be hearers of your word, but doers as well. We bless your name, we magnify your name, and we ask it all in the matchless, magnificent name of Jesus. We pray those who are on site or even online that you will touch hearts and transform minds to them. And we will not be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Beloved, the question today is what have you gone through that is not quite through with you? Let me say that one more time. What have you gone through that is not quite through with you? That as we reflect over this past year and now entering the year 2022, still on the heels and the cusp of a global pandemic, there is another virus, another contagion that has been seeping through the hearts and minds of every believer alike. That contagion and that virus, I believe, is called discouragement. Has anybody ever gone through discouragement where life simply did not turn out the way that you expected life to turn out? That things did not go the way that you wanted them to go or expected them to go? That there have been some prayers that have gone unanswered or not answered in the capacity in which you thought God could answer them? that you are experiencing even right now while you're sitting in the comfortable pews of the Mount Ephraim Baptist Church discouragement where life has not gone as expected, that life has left you down, that life has overwhelmed you, that life has left you in a that happen to you in your personal life.
Enthusiasm. You look good, but you're feeling. Instead of looking to stands or situation. morning, you may feel like you don't possess the power and the strength to go on for the rest of your journey. You feel drained. Am I by myself in this room? You feel overwhelmed. You feel tired. Maybe, beloved, you are tired because every day we have to deal with, listen, the devices of Satan. Maybe Satan has been on your trail. Satan has been attacking your mind. Satan has been attacking your family. Satan, the enemy, the devil, has been attacking every area of your life. He has desired to sift you, to shake you, and he wants to destroy you. Know what the word of God says that the enemy goes about like a warrior lion seeking whom he may devour. He seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to destroy your mental. He wants to destroy you physically. He wants to destroy you spiritually. He wants to destroy you emotionally and maybe you're drained because you're fighting and fleeing the enemy all at the same time. Maybe you're not dealing with the devices of Satan, beloved, but maybe you are drained because you're dealing with the disability of sickness. There are those of us who may not admit to on this Sunday morning, but you're dealing with doctor appointment after doctor appointment, test after test. Test, MRI after MRI, CAT scan after CAT scan, and yes, they found something. They found a spot, and they don't know whether it is cancerous or malign. You maybe you're dealing with the disease of sickness, and you didn't feel like coming to church on this Sunday morning. You're feeling drained, and don't feel like praying or talking to God. I know I ain't by myself. You can look as spiritual as you want to look. But God knows your heart. You're asking that question that Jesus asked as the seven last sayings on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Sickness can drain you. The enemy can drain 
you. Sickness can discourage you and the enemy can discourage you and maybe you're not dealing with the devices of Satan or the disability of sickness but maybe beloved you're dealing with the devastation of sorrow. You had some death situations happen in your life over the last two years. Maybe you're still gripped with grief. There are some folks in here who are gripped with the grief of death or maybe even divorce. The death has devastated you and you're trying to manage the grief of those around you but it is overwhelming because while you're dealing with the grief of your own family you haven't even properly processed your own grief. It is devastating. It is overwhelming. It is discouraging. Maybe you're not dealing with the devices of Satan or the disability of sickness or the devastation of sorrow. But maybe, beloved, you are dealing with, here it is, the demands of stress. When the pressures of life trying to meet everybody's expectation and the own demands that are placed on you where simply you don't have the capacity to meet every goal, to meet every expectation, to meet every demand. Stress can drain you. Stress can discourage you. But beloved, the last time I checked, God is still in control. Do I have a witness in here on this Sunday morning? God can still order your steps and order your stuff. God is in control even when your life is out of control. Even when your life is in chaos and God knows what you're going through. God knows how you feel. God knows what you are fearing. And just as the word of the Lord came by way of the prophet Isaiah, to remind us to not give up on God because God has never given up on you. That God never gets tired. God never gets weary. God is never puzzled. God is never perplexed. Nothing catches God off guard. God knew what you would be going through while you're going through what you're going through. And there is hope and help in the word of the Lord. Has thou not known has thou not heard that the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither is tired or neither is weary? Beloved, we are never alone. Look at somebody around you that look like they got life in them and remind the neighbor, we are never alone. There's some promises in the word of God that God reminds us that we ought to be grateful that we have survived through the rough terrain and rough areas of our life. Do I have any survivors in the room that says I refuse to give up in spite of the hardships and headaches and heartbreaks in spite of the tragedy and trouble and testing of my life that God has allowed me to survive some stuff that other folks lost their mind over, that other folks committed suicide over, that other folks threw in the towel over. God allowed me not only to be a survivor, but God allowed me to be an overcomer, that I've overcame things 
that tried to take me out. I overcame the chaos and the crises to recognize that God is still on my side. So here it is. If you're going to recognize the fact that you have survived in the first thing, beloved, that you must recognize is number one, we have the privilege of his sovereign presence. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor, we got his presence. How do you know? Because God is still in control. Okay, let me say it one more time. God is still in control. Oh, say, let me say it for the control freaks in the room. God is still in control. Let me say it to you when your life is out of control. God is still in control. Let me say it when you can't understand and you want not to lean to your own understanding. God is still in control. It's right there in the book of Isaiah. He starts off chapter 40, really beginning at verse 12, to let us know, here it is, that God is greater. Somebody just shout greater. He's greater. It's right there in verse 12 through 14. That first of all, right there, coupled between those two verses, that God is greater than the created world. Isaiah opens up verse 12 by asking a series of questions to properly give us the perspective of God's greatness. That God is self-sufficient. That God did not solicit the advice of the created world and those he created. That God does not need humanity advising him and giving him wisdom because God is self-sufficient of his own and he doesn't need to be dependent on anybody to decide what he's going to do because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God is greater. Somebody just shout greater. He's also greater from verse 15 through 17. He's greater than the nations. The Bible lets us know right there in chapter 40 that the nations are but a drop of bucket, a dust or speck, that all before him on the earth are nothing, that God is greater than the nations. So beloved, not only is God greater than the created world, not only is God greater than the nations, but also God is greater than idols. Somebody just shout greater. That mean idols represented the created things created by people. Idols cannot capture the essence of God because they need man's help to stand. How can they support those whose help they need because God is greater. He's greater than the nations. He's greater than the created world. He's greater than the idols. But then when we get to next verses, verses 21 through 24, it lets us know that God is greater than the ruler. Somebody just shout greater. That the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwells therein that God sits on the circle of the earth and the heavens are the curtains of his tent that God is in control and God is greater. God is greater than the created world. God is greater than the nations. God is greater than idols. God is greater than rulers. But then God is greater than the stars. 
they are created by God and for God. He is greater than any other God of the stars. He created them all. He is greater. That's all I'm trying to tell you. That not only is God in control, but God is greater. Somebody just shout greater. But not only is he greater than the nations, not only is he greater than the created world, not only is he greater than the idols, not only is he greater than the rulers, not only is he greater than the stars, but beloved, when we get to verse 27, it lets us know that God is greater than discouragement. So we must never forget that God is greater, greater than devastation, greater than the devices of Satan, greater than the disability of sickness, greater than the devastation of sorrow and stress. God is greater. That has thou not known, has thou not heard that the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, is greater. Somebody just shout greater. Let's us know right now in the text that the Lord, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth has no searching of his understanding. That word Lord, that word Lord Yahweh in the Hebrew, Kyrios in the Greek, it reminds us, beloved, of the God who makes promises and keeps every promise that he makes that's backed up by his own nature based on the practical actions God backed his own stuff up by his own nature that the Lord is, the Lord is that everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, the Lord is. You see, beloved, sometimes we read scripture too fast. The Lord is. Somebody say the Lord is. For centuries, theologians and scholars have debated and concluded with this term, the eternal isness of God, that before time and after time, that God is before time and after time, that God does not operate in chronos time, that's the time that we measure, but God operates in kairos time, that's an immeasurable time, that time does not possess God, but God possesses time. He is outside of time. He is eternal. He is infinite. There's no boundaries of his presence that everything that God ever has been, God always is and God always will be. That is God eternal isness. Okay, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Let me give you a theological word and let's say it together that God, here it is, is immutable. Say it with me. He's immutable. Somebody say it again. Immutable. Say it one more time. Immutable. That means God is unchanging in his character, in his will, in his covenantal promises that God is immutable. But not only, beloved, is God immutable, but God, here it is, is inexhaustible. Somebody say inexhaustible. Come on, let's say it together, church. Inexhaustible. That means God is incapable of fatigue. Mm -hmm. God is incapable of weakness. God is incapable of weariness. God is incapable of being drained and diminished of his divine 
like power. He never loses power. He is inexhaustible. He is immutable. That means he never changes. He's inexhaustible. That means he never gets tired. But this is what I also love about God. He is inscrutable. Somebody say inscrutable. The inscrutability of God. That God has insight and foresight and discernment. His immutability and his inscrutability are unsearchable, unfathomable, beyond scrutiny. You cannot search for his understanding that God is behind our finite mind. The good news is of that is because he's eternal, he can help me in the changing times of life because he's inexhaustible. He can help me in my exhaustion. When because he's inscrutable, he can help me understand what's going on in my life. Whatever you need God to be, God does not have to be coming to change in what you need him to be. God already is what you need him to be. Okay, let me come down your road. He is my strong tower. He is my deliverer. He is my healer. He is my protector. He is my way maker. He's a mind regulator. He's a heart fixer. He's a burden bearer. He's a rock in a weary land. He's the lily of the valley. He's the wheel in the middle of a wheel. He's my help. He's my refuge in the time of trouble. He's my hope. He's my joy. He's my peace. Stop talking about your problems and stop talking about your problem solving. 
Palmer, that great, late, the great Dr. Ralph Douglas West, right there in uh, the state of Houston, the state of Texas in Houston, at the Church Without Walls, tell this story about one day he funeralized a leader, the lady in his church, a stalwart in his church, he funeralized her husband's funeral. It is three years later, and for the last three years, the woman will come up to him at the church, hand him and show him the obituary of her husband and say, Dr. West, I appreciate you for preaching my husband's eulogy. For three years, she kept coming to him. Three years, she kept saying, thank you for praying for me. And so one day, he grabs the obituary and he rips it up. She has a shocked look on her face and say, Dr. West, why would you rip up the obituary of my husband? She said to her that I did it so you can stop coming to me and talking to me about dead things. But then I want you to stop coming to me because I want you to know after three years, you ought to know God wants you to live again. That ought to be good news for somebody in here stuck at the address of grief that just because they died don't mean God wants you to die. God gave you the power to live again. So stop waiting in 2022 for God and God and everybody to make your life better. You ought to make your life better. You ought to tell you look beautiful. You ought to kiss yourself and say you look handsome. You ought to take yourself out. Take yourself to the movies. Take yourself on vacation. God has given you enough power to be with yourself, by yourself, and love yourself, and learn how to live again. Giving you power to overcome the obstacles and We got power, we got power. Not only has he given you the privilege of his sovereign presence, but he's given you the privilege, here it is, of secure power. Somebody say power. But then lastly, and I'm up out of here, he's also given us, here it is, point number three, the privilege of sufficient provision. Somebody say provision. Text says, those who have no might, he increases strength. How this increase only happens when your life is on E. Life was shaking and I was on 
season. I've been for a depressed season. I've been for a discouraged season. But in my depressed season, I learned how to encourage myself. I learned how to lay hands on myself. I learned how to pray for myself. I learned in spite of the struggle, in spite of the setback, the Lord sent me here to tell you that I can see the sun peeping through the cloud. That weeping may endure for a night, but is there anybody in here on this Sunday morning who can testify that joy does come in the morning? Look at somebody around you that look like they got life in them and say, neighbor, this joy that I have, the world can give it and the world can take it away. Is there anybody here who can testify that if it had not been for the Lord keeping me, if it had not been for the Lord blessing me, if it had not been for the Lord holding me, I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't talk like I talk. I wouldn't walk like I walk. But it was nobody. Somebody just shout nobody. It was nobody. Say neighbor, you survived it. Say neighbor, we survived it. Cause the Lord was on our side. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? Won't he fight your battles? Won't he make your enemy your footstool? Won't he give you power? Won't he give you strength? If you know he will, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Somebody shout, somebody give him worship, somebody give him praise, somebody give him glory. I dare you to open up your mouth, I dare you to shout hallelujah, I dare you to shout glory, I dare you to say Lord, I thank you for allowing me to survive, cause many of of the righteous but God will deliver us from them all shout yes shout yes shout yes shout yes look at somebody around you I am a testimony say neighbor you are a testimony
on, let's give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah. And bless the name of the Lord. Thank God that God has given us strength and power to survive all that we have gone through in our lives. The doors of the church are open. The doors of the church are open. Maybe somebody here today for one of these categories. Not sure that you're saved. Not sure of your salvation. Not like to be involved in one's place of worship. Just looking for a place that you can call home. The Lord is calling you today. Some man, some woman, some boy, some girl. It's as simple as ABC. But all you have to do is admit and acknowledge that you are sinned. When did you become a sinner? We were born into sin. We believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for you. Look back 2,000 years and see that soldier pierce him in his side. He had a drop of blood with your name on it. Do everything you have gone through and we'll be going through to this point. See, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and Savior over your life. It is just that simple. Is there somebody here today? Fit in one of these categories, not sure that you're saved. Not sure that you're saved. Not sure of your salvation. Not actually involved in anyone's place of worship. Just looking for a place that you can call home. The Lord is calling you today. Some man, some woman, some boy, some girl. There is no perfect church. In some things we do good, and in some things we're still working on. But the same grace that saves you, that saves me, the same grace that can cover you. We all here by the grace of God. Is there somebody here today? He says, I want to join this church. Maybe you're coming because you said, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. Coming on the Christian experience. Come on and come. Come on and come. The Lord is calling you today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah.
Let's pray. Father, my God, God, how we thank you so very much for your kindness and for your love and for how sufficient you are in the very in all of our needs. God, thank you for your ways are higher than our ways. Thank you, God, that we have heard about you. Thank you, God, that we know about you because of the circumstances and events that have unfolded in our lives. And you have stepped in and made a difference. And so, God, we're so grateful. Now, God, we pray for these your people as we prepare to bless this your servant. God, we pray that we would bless him in a generous way. Uh, that we would bless him so that he can continue and be encouraged in the promulgation of God's word throughout this city, this state, this nation, even out in Ohio. Thank you, God, for him and sending him our way on this day. Pray, God, for his mother and his brother and for his family. God, thank you for him. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Allow these gifts to be used for the furtherance of your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The ushers are going to give you a uh, sign that we're going to march around. Amen. That's the Lord. Oh, my soul. 